curator will see you now. Are you looking for conversations with some of the hottest names in horror today, like Eric LaRocca, Haley Piper, Clay McLeod Chapman, Laurel Hightower, Jamie Flanagan, and Allie Wilkes, along with indie horror superstars like Brianna Morgan and Joe Coach? Then you should tune in to Terrifying Tomes of Terror with your host, the curator of horror, Chance Forshee, wherever you get your podcasts. An agency that sends social workers into the homes of grieving families to impersonate dead loved ones. The kind old woman who saved a teenager's life, but who now finds herself haunted by the weight of a cheated suicide. And the daughter of a candlestick maker as she tries to survive a painful existence after her father's execution for making human chandeliers of drunken cowboys. These stories and more Ranging from supernatural to the frighteningly domestic, splatterpunk to the weird and cosmic, stain the pages of Cut to Care, a collection of little hurts by Aaron Dryers. These are stories about caring too much in a world that doesn't always care for you back. Also featuring an exclusive introduction by writer-director Mick Garris, creator of Masters of Horror. Cut to Care by Aaron Dryers, a collection of little hurts out now looking for your next horror writing podcast fix the this is horror podcast for readers writers and creators is the ultimate show for writing advice tips and a personal look into the lives of all your favorite authors this is horror podcast listen in to long-form conversations with some of the best writers and creatives on the planet over 400 episodes with masters of horror such as joe r lansdale Chuck Palahniuk, Josh Mallerman, Joe Hill, Charlene Harris, Craig Clevenger, Ellen Datlow, Kathy Koja, and many more. The This Is Horror podcast. Listen in at www.thisishorror.com. That's the This Is Horror podcast for readers, writers, and creators. So the the part I was it's, it's like two it's about five minutes is that too long? No, not at all. Not Ronald, at all. Ronald Kelly did like a twenty minute break. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was another question. Sorry, it threw me off. Uh, all right, so you guys want me to just shut up and get started? I can't shut up and do that, can I, Brennan? <laughs> no, you you cannot. That would that wouldn't be a very good episode at all. <laughs> Welcome to Dead Headspace. This is Dead Headspace Spotlights, a mini episode with a read-in. Today we are with Hope Madden. Hello, Hope. Hi. And she's doing a reading from her new book, her debut book, Roost with Offlands Press. And we will talk really quick about that right after I say hello, Brennan. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm really not doing a good intro. You want to start over? I thought you were doing just fine. Okay, so that's a no. Let's move on. So, uh, Hope, let's talk about Roost. How did you get 
this story uh, started? Where did it come from? What was the germ of this uh, idea? Actually, um, you know, it's about sort of the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s in small rural Ohio, um, which I am from, rural Ohio, and and uh, actually the sheriff of my hometown, who I didn't know, and to the best of my knowledge, I don't think I ever met, but he was very big in that. He was actually on TV shows talking about how there were, you know, covens in the cornfields and things like that. So I think just, uh, you know, as an adult, I would sometimes look back on stories that I thought were funny growing up and just how actually odd they were because we were fairly isolated. My hometown is really surrounded on all sides by like cornfields and soybean fields. You got to drive like 20 minutes to get to the next town. So we really were kind of just in the middle of these fields that allegedly were full of witchcraft. So it's a weird way to grow up. And and, uh, that that's kind of what made me want to write this just to, I guess relive that and think again about how unusual that all was. That's creepy. Like, uh, <laughs> are there? So I'm just imagining. I grew up in a small New England town, kind of similar to Brennan, and um, where uh, I grew up in a town called Bridgewater, and there's this uh, very old um, state penitentiary there. It's also a it's a bunch of things, a big complex, but there aren't a lot of uh, street lights there. So it's super duper creepy to be there at night because you don't know if there's like coyotes or probably not prisoners, but uh, <laughs> that I'm kind of picturing that. Am I even close? Um, I think, I mean, to me, that sounds maybe a little. Um, I, I don't think we had any massive buildings like that. We had a factory. We had, There is a factory there where they make American standard toilets, the pot house, people called it. Most people's dad worked at the pot house. <laughs> Um, but other than that, uh, and there are actually, there are two colleges there, two small colleges in Tiffin. So it's a little bit, I think, smaller, you know, than that. And it's very farm oriented. Um, it's a town, it's a proper town of a few thousand people, but, and the farms kind of all surround it. But I, I I have the feeling that a big spooky prison would have been like a massive highlight for us. (laughs) (laughs) Brandon, you got any questions before she starts to read? I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, working with Off Limits Press. Yeah, it was great. Um, I was uh, such a fan of um, of all of the books they put out in mm. year one. Uh, Samantha Kolyesnik, I think, did an unbelievable job of of curating that that set of of novellas. They were so good, and they had a, a call for you know unagented manuscript, and I sent it in. And she loved it, thank God, and wanted to include it with her um, year two. And then, um, and then they often switch hands to uh, Waylon Jordan, who is the the editor that I worked with actually to to get the book out. And he's just so lovely. He's so supportive and and really protective. He was very protective of me because it was my first book, and he wanted to make sure that you know everything went like as well as possible. He was incredibly kind. Uh, the whole time. So, um, I mean, I'm really proud to be a part of that, that press. I, I, I love the books that they put out and I'm thrilled to be one of them now. Well, and sweetheart, he really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that right behind you. So it'd be your right shoulder. I just realized that's your cover, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. It's um, the uh, the cover is based on that sculpture, um, which 
is from my, my I have a twin sister who mm-hmm. uh, got that for me for Christmas a few years ago. It's called twins. And the reason that it struck her is interesting is because the one is so much taller than the other one. And that's what we are. I'm about, I'm like seven inches taller than my twin sister. So, um, and I, you know, I just thought when we were talking about covers, I took a picture of it and, and, and messaged it to Claire L. Smith, who did the cover, just a beautiful cover. I love my cover. And, uh, and so she used that as, as the inspiration for it. Yeah. I didn't know Claire did covers. Yes. We had her on last year. Really sweet person too. Yeah. I loved her book too. Yeah. By the way, I got to ask before you read in, is that a necklace that you're wearing? It is. <laughs> I have never. What's the alternative there? <laughs> I, I didn't. Did okay. Slice your neck before no. we started recording. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do have a second thought where I thought maybe, maybe she was shooting something today. And just because we're like a horror podcast said, fuck it. I don't know, man. So. <laughs> I had someone once ask me if it was a tattoo, which is way cooler than I am. So it's not, it's, it's a necklace. My friend Melissa had one and I coveted it. So she got me one for Halloween last year. <laughs> That'd be, wow, that would be a hardcore, <laughs> yeah, hardcore tattoo. I, uh, <laughs> I want to save my questions for after your reading, but um, Brennan, if you got any more, go ahead. If not, uh, let Hope have have the mic. Nope. Likewise, I think that's a great idea. Okay, all yours, Hope. I know what happened to Brenda Cassidy. Joni says, popping a tootsie roll into her mouth. Joni pulls little Joy onto a cushioned porch swing, and they sit together, rummaging through the brown and orange plastic bag of Tootsie Rolls. Long, gangly Hope sits on the porch floor, facing them and looking unhappy. Can I have a Tootsie Roll? Joni ignores her. Everybody knows what really happened to Brenda, Joni says. It was Bloody Fingers. Bloody Fingers is a boogeyman story Hope and Joy's older sister, Hannah, sometimes told Joni to scare her when she was a kid. Now, Joni too young to be Hannah's friend, too old to be Hope and Joy's friend, uses it to scare the girls. You know what that means, Joni whispers. Brenda probably heard him coming. Joni smiles. Hope holds her breath. Thump. Thump. Drag. Bloody fingers on the first step. Stop it, Hope says. Thump. Thump. Drag. Stop. Hope says more urgently. Joy isn't afraid. She digs quietly into the bag of snacks on Joni's lap. Meanwhile, Joni watches Hope's increasing terror with glee. Bloody fingers on the second step. Hope hides her face with her hands. Joni silently slides out the swing, opens the front porch door, pulls Hope up from the floor and pushes her off the porch. Joni closes and locks the screen door. She returns to the swing of Joy, who diverts her eyes from Hope's silent pleas. Go home. Joni says. Hope says nothing. She doesn't yell or cry or breathe. Isn't this candy delicious? Joni asks Joy. Joy looks sadly at her sister but doesn't say anything. Hope, meanwhile, pulls desperately at the door. Go home, Hope, Joni says. Then, oh no, Joy, do you see it? Can you hear it? And it begins. Thump. Joni slides off the swing. Crouches low and begins to move toward the screen door and hope, no, 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 oh, please. Thump. Stop it. Stop it. Let me in. Drag. Whoa! Pound, pound, pound. Sob, sob, sob. Hope puts her hands over her eyes, doing her best to avoid 
visual knowledge of the maniacal bloody fingers who could at this very second be on the bottom of the three steps on which she is standing. Joni waits a few minutes and unlatches the door. Oh, come in, you big baby. <laughs> I love your performance. Thank you. <laughs> and, and that actually leads into one of my first questions. Um, the uh, prose and, and, and the dialogue driven nature of the book really uh, is reflective of, of kind of screenwriting. And I'm wondering how much of that was intentional, uh, how much you leaned into that. Um, you know, it wasn't actually, but uh, I, you know, my background in writing is in journalism uh, and in nonfiction. Um, and I am, I am a screenwriter as well. So uh, I have, uh, you know, I've, I've written a lot of short stories um, and uh, poems that have been published over the years, but this was my first long form. So I suppose maybe it's just, I guess, the way I tell stories. It, you know, I, I, I must just tend toward that after many years of not really writing long fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you tout yourself as a film critic, so I would imagine that some of that certainly, you know, the avid movie watching is going to slip in there, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, man, this is such a basic question, but uh, did you use that as a, sorry, let me, let me rewind. Um, did you use a real life folklore to base your monster off of that? Um, I, I, I wanted to draw on the kind of, um, I guess really urban legends, but spooky stories that yes. yeah, yeah. floated around my hometown, you know, um, the, the kind of things, um, that, uh, we heard a lot and, and a lot of them are the same kind that you, I mean, you probably would see in like the movie urban legend. I mean, just things that it, small town campfire kind of talk, but some of them, Bloody Fingers in particular, is a story that uh, that we did, that they did talk about, we, that, that we did here in Tiffin, which is the name of my hometown. And I'd never heard it anywhere else. And I used to like bring it up, you know, through the years, because when I was a kid, it scared the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was just that cadence. It was, I would just clam up at that thump, be like, no. <laughs> Um, and then I don't ever like I don't think the story ever hit a climax. It was just that, you know, it was just that, you know, it's like on the first step. And it was just that, that it was creeping up toward us. And I could never remember how any of the stories ended. So I used to like look it up. I Google it. I'd ask other people. But I've, I've never come across anybody else who knew those particular stories. That's interesting. I, I love how it plays with all your like all the right senses because you you don't show too much and it makes it that much creepier. Thanks. Yeah. Cause if, if you tell us around a campfire, I'm a grown man, but I mean, I'd be pretty scared. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Brennan, um, you know what? Take us away and then I'll build off of you because I, I want to hear what you got next, bud. I actually want to talk more about, um, you know, you said this is your debut book, not, not an introduction by any means to writing, but your debut novel, um, and you also said that Whalen kind of took you under his wing and sheltered you. I'd like to hear, you know, what were your concerns? Uh, what did you go through as a new author? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I um, actually 
um, came from publishing. I worked in publishing for a long time uh, as a development editor in, um, um, in college textbooks, actually. So I'm pretty familiar with how like on a big scale publishing works, but not at all um, on an independent scale. So I think it was, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, and he was incredibly patient with me just as I peppered him with questions. Like, I'm like, what, what should I be doing now? What, you know, um, what will happen next? Uh, I got, I knew nothing about, about what to expect. And, um, and then he also was really kind in the copy edit and just like leaving little comments to explain to me why he felt like we might want to go one way or another, to another, which I thought was very kind. And, um, particularly because I was, this is absolutely never that kind with authors that I work with ever. I would just be like, <laughs> we're totally not putting this in here. This is, you know, and he was not like that at all. He was really very, he's just a really kind human being. Definitely. Andy's got a kick-ass fantasy series going yes. on. You know, he told me that he was told by people that uh straight straight dudes wouldn't like it. And uh I mean, I'm I'm pretty straight and uh, I think it's fucking awesome. And it's probably because there's super hardcore gay uh, sex scenes in his books. <laughs> I, but I mean, so who gives a shit? You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a it's worth knowing that he's a really good writer. That's right. And most people will enjoy it once you're, you know, I guess a little insecure little boy, I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to take shots at them because I, I feel protective of Waylon getting shit. Uh, from people of his books because he's an excellent writer. Yeah, yes, he, he is an excellent writer. And I think it's a silly idea, uh, you know, and one of the things that I think he's working to do that I 100% get behind and love the idea of is to really emphasize and, 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 uh, and you know, um, amplify um, gay authors, gay voices, queer horror, uh, of which I'm not a part, but that doesn't change the fact that I've been reading horror my whole life. And, mm. uh, and I love, love, love um having the opportunity to read stories from a point of view that we never get. And, sure. and his is one, I mean, he's among them and then Haley Piper and so many of the novels that he is putting out um, are doing that. And, and it's, you can just feel like the vitality come back into the genre. It's just so great to hear voices that we didn't get to hear growing up. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that that's truly what the beauty of books is, is to bridge and connect our lives for it is. hopefully ideally a better world for the next generation um for those audio listeners uh i just want to point out in the background is a lot of horror merch like you're obviously a student because you got yeah leatherface uh action figure um or funko pop you got Edgar Allan Poe stuffy land of the dead which i love that movie i thought that was a great one and then i see if uh was that bride of frankenstein backpack yeah, that's actually my purse. And, oh, okay. Um, I can only yeah. see part of it. That's awesome. So, um, that being said, is what what were your what were your ambitions when you first submitted this to uh, Off Limits Press? Like we talked about it a little bit, but rather not ambitions. What were your hopes, and how has the reality uh, matched those hopes? Um, you know, I think it's common that you just can't decide you're finished writing something until you see a deadline. And, and that was what it was for me. I mean, Off Limits had 
a window for uh, unrepresented manuscripts. And I was like, well, that's it. If I don't have it done by the end, of, like that's, that's my deadline. It's got to be done by then. And it was the first place I ever sent it. And I fully expected to get rejected. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I'd been working on it off and on for, you know, a couple of years, really, as I had the time. And so it was, number one, it was just uh, an, a, a way for me to make myself consider it done. Hmm. Um, so I think really that was my first goal was to just find it in me to put it out someplace and then prepare for rejection and then find the next place to send it. Um, and then I was so surprised when she, um, Samantha said that she wanted it. So, uh, so just that moment was, I swear to God, far more than I ever expected. Like just that. I didn't expect, I expected a polite rejection and maybe some notes, which I would have uh, welcomed with open arms because she is, uh, Samantha Kolyasnik is just one of the greatest modern horror writers. I mean, she's her short, I'd loved her short fiction for such a long time, but true crime killed me. Oh my God, that novel was so great. Yeah. And then for her to move from that to Waif, which <laughs> yeah. is the, everything about it is so different. It's so mm. unpredictable mm. based on her other writing. So I was, you know, um, I was so honored that she liked it, that, you know, I, I have such tremendous respect for her as a writer. Um, so, you know, long before it came out, it had already uh, exceeded my expectations, <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> so everything else. And then I got that cover. Oh my God. I was so happy. I can't even tell you how happy I was about that cover. So yeah, everything else is just gravy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, so, just, I just love how I, you can feel it from, look at you, your glow, even if you just hear it, it's amazing. Like that's, that's what books do. I'm sorry. I just, I can't get over that. That makes me so happy to hear. Brennan, t- take us away. I, I sound, yeah, like no, a, I, sound like a, I think, I think that's a, a very fair <laughs> point is you, you know, you work, you work hard to create something and, you know, hope to your point, you're absolutely right. It's if, if today is, you know, May 30th, then I have something due on June 15th, then it is going to be the best it can be by June 15th. Yeah. But if it's not due till July 15th, it's going to, I'm going to keep working on it for that extra four weeks. And, you know, if it's not due till October, you're just going to kind of pound away at that. And you're just constantly bringing the chisel to it, which would not be an effective way of sculpting, but certainly works on, you know, fiction. Um, I am actually really curious, given your background editing college textbooks, uh, what do you feel like is the, the main difference in approach between uh editing nonfiction and fiction and do you feel like you would be able to edit fiction i have uh edited fiction i do oh, um brilliant okay. yeah i do that now i do a lot of freelance writing and editorial work and i think the biggest difference nonfiction uh has to have a proper outline you know people who just write just stream of conscious i mean not a book you know, as, as certainly not a book that somebody's supposed to learn something from, right. you know, and, and I think that's always the biggest struggle with people who write something like, you know, a how-to manual or, or, any, or anything like textbook. Um, and I think that fiction really begs to go in new directions, it, it, you know, and I think I'm the most thrilled by fiction that doesn't follow what you, ex- the, the path you expected to follow. Um, and I circle back to Haley Piper. I think that happens every time I read one of her books that just goes places. I 100% never expected it to go. 
So I think that to me is the, it's the magic of fiction is that when it's done well, you just don't know what's going on. Whereas for me, the magic of nonfiction is that it's telling you where it's taking you so that you can absorb as much of the information as possible. Yeah. The Worm and His Kings was, uh, that was a killer book. It was? Yeah. And it was such a great cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she has the best covers. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, she does. But you have, you have a great cover too. I do. So, um, I'm just curious when Sam took your book, where was the transition that it went over to Whalen owning the company? Um, so uh, it was, so Roos was the first novel to come out um, of off limits after the transition. Okay. Uh, it came out uh, this spring, this past spring in, in, uh, in March. And so he, I'm not sure exactly when he took over, but it would have been sometime in late 2021. And then um, we had a conversation, Samantha and I had a conversation um, toward the end of 2021. In case I didn't want to leave the book with off limits, which is insane. Of course I did. (laughs) I hadn't even considered. Built in audience. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm good here. So, um, uh, so it was, uh, it was sometime in there that, that we made the transition. It was very smooth, you know, um, uh, Sam prepared me for it pretty well and, and let me know that it was going to happen and, and why Waylon and how great he was and how great he would be at this. And she was right. He's, he's wonderful as you know. And, and so it wasn't, um, I didn't have a lot of anxiety about it. Honestly, I don't have a lot of anxiety about stuff. You know, I'm terrified of things that I shouldn't be, but like regular everyday stuff doesn't usually cause me a lot of anxiety. I'd like to cover your uh, what you're doing with movies if if you want to jump into anything you're able to talk about. Sure, um, sure. Uh, I just finished. I just finished. It's been about a week since I I wrapped uh, principal photography on my first feature film. Uh, I wrote it and uh, directed it. I've made uh, three short films, uh, all horror, and this is my my first feature. It's based around uh one of the shorts i did we did a proof of concept short uh, two years ago and used it um you know at festivals to mm-hmm. gain some support and then we used it to um help us uh raise money to make the feature it's called uh the short and the feature it's called obstacle corpse mm-hmm. um and we shot it in ohio uh columbus i live in columbus ohio uh we worked with the uh, um, columbus metro parks who, who found for, they, God, they were so great to work with. And they found us um, a, a very big wooded area where we do a lot of, of the running. It's a, it's a race, it's an obstacle course race that takes place in the middle of the woods. And they also have an obstacle course that they shut down and let us use and let us murder a lot of people on, which is great <laughs> of them. Um, we did have to, we went to one um, private wooded lot, you know, like a, uh, that a family owns because there were some things that the parks weren't going to let me do like set fire to stuff, oh. but, um, <laughs> that the, that this family did let me do. So that was awful nice of them. That's so, um, <laughs> so that's, you know, uh, so it's in editing now and, uh, and our editor is just a, a legend and he already has, we're already through like a rough build of all of act one. And I just, I have in my, uh, on Google to look at uh, the first scene of act two when we get done with this. And, uh, and the composer has sent me 
um, some themes, like different characters have themes. And so I have those to listen to, and then I can start putting those together with the footage. I'm very excited. So that's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah, exciting stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. So where are we going to be able to watch this? Is it going to go through a film festival circuit? Is it going to a limited run in theaters? What, what can we know? The goal is to have it available uh, for a festival run this fall. Um, that's when most of the genre fests are in, in this fall. And um, I think um, so Nightmares Film Festival is an outstanding genre festival that's in Columbus, Ohio. And um, uh, the, the, the co-founder of Nightmares Film Festival, the president, the guy who runs it, Jason Tostevin, is also uh, our producer. Hmm. So we won't be in competition there. But and I'm a juror. My husband, George, who is also a producer and is in the film, um, he's we're both jurors for the festival. So it'll show there, although obviously not being competition. And then the, the idea is for it to show in and hopefully we'll get it into a number of, of festivals and um, look for distribution through that. You know, it's funny. I don't know if I've mentioned this on air before, but Sam helped me become a movie juror on uh, in um genre blast film festival nice that's a great festival nathan ludwig uh i um i can't say enough good things about him real nice guy we'll try we'll try to get him on eventually probably next year um there's just too many fucking people to talk to we can't can't do this full time there's too many awesome people so we can at least give him a shout out because he just had his debut book come out through dnt publishing it's called Love Potion 666. Nailed it. And it looks like no. a movie poster. Yes. Cover. Good. <laughs> I have seen that cover. It does. It looks awesome. I haven't read it yet, but I will. And you know what? I mean, consider that movie festival because there's some serious talent in that. I couldn't believe it. Like, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I trust Sam. She's got a good opinion. And uh, I was like, I, I, I couldn't stop thanking her. Um, and you know, it's another good one. It was I want to say scream. What was the one that Mark does? Um, oh man, there is Scream Fest in LA, which is the we they they we showed the short. They they um they took the short mm. obstacle course. So we were out there last October um, to um to watch that there, which was very cool. Yeah, they got that there in uh, um, Florida too now. Ooh. Yeah, um, Orlando, I believe. Yeah, but that's awesome. That, that's just so many cool things. Yeah, I want to check that out. I want to see people get murdered at an obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, you want to lead the way? Uh, what are you, are we doing? What are we reading? Or is that sure? Not? Okay, um, Madden. Uh, Hope Madden. I don't know. Why I said Madden. I'm so sorry. I am so that's off okay. right now. Um, I got dad brain. <laughs> He's been running me all day. <laughs> Hope, what are you currently reading? So um, I have to admit that I got really behind because I did just just wrap on that. I have not read or written anything in like two months. So right now I'm I'm almost finished with Greg Sisko's In Nightmares We're Alone. And uh, next up is is Haley's uh, new one. Yeah, your mind is a terrible thing. And then on deck is below Laurel Hightower. So that's they're all staring at me on my kitchen table, and I will get through them <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. That, that Greg's the first part is so fucking creepy. Yeah, that's, that's really something. <laughs> that's without a doubt one of the creepiest. Like part one alone was one of the creepiest stories I've ever read. Brennan, what are you currently reading? 
it, it's creepy, man. But I, th- I think like the biggest thing that has gone for it is the utter anxiety inducing nature of it. Uh, that <laughs> the part one of his novel, like I just, I remember like, you know, heart pounding, like coming down to the wire on that. It's, it was a wild ride. Um, I am reading sausages, the making of dog soldiers by Janine pipe. Uh, speaking of nonfiction books that are meticulously plotted so that they don't meander off on all these crazy paths. Um, I'm about 20% into it. She does a, you know, Patrick and I were just talking about it this morning. You can just read in, in the prose, just her love of this, you know, the, the movie, the, the director, the, the everything about it. Um, and on top of that, just her excitement at, you know, being asked to write this project. It's a really, really cool book and just overflows with love for that movie. Patrick, how about you? Yeah. So I'm reading sausages as well. And, um, there's one more Ellen Labatt's, uh, sanguinarian she's got this vampire series and it's um i'm not even gonna attempt to say the subtitle because i'm probably gonna butcher it but it is a vampire series based in europe during uh world war ii but the war is actually a backdrop and it's really focused on this one girl that um long story short she is this kick-ass vampire half vampire half human um it there's a lot to it, so I'm just going to leave it there. It's worth checking out. Uh, Hope, where can people follow you? Um, I'm at uh, Mad Wolf uh, on most things. So on Twitter, I'm at Mad Wolf with two Ds, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. On uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's Mad Wolf Columbus. Um, and what you'll find there mainly is I am a film critic. So that's mainly what you'll find. Although I have uh, two podcasts. One of them is a horror movie podcast called Fright Club. So... Um, uh, we do one live um, uh, every month at the Gateway Film Center. We talk about horror movies and we show one. And then the other one we record. So we do two a month. And you can find that um, on Twitter at Fright Club Pod. That's awesome. Um, Mad Wolf, when I first looked that up, I saw you on a bunch of talk shows. Is that yes. for being a film critic? Yes. Yeah, we're on. I'm on uh, uh, Good Day Columbus. It's a TV hmm. like news show here in Columbus, Ohio, and and uh, my husband is is the Wolf of Mad Wolf, George Wolf, and so we're we're the film critics for Good Day Columbus, the TV show here. So we're on there every uh, every Friday. Nice. Uh, when do you have time to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any final thoughts? Me? Yeah. Anything? Me? It could be about anything you want. <laughs> I'm excited to read that Dog Soldiers book, actually. Dog Soldiers and The Descent are, are I think, it's like some of the greatest modern horror films. They're, uh, Dog Soldiers is so, it's a war movie, really. And uh, it's it's incredibly well-made and it's so funny. Um, I and, and then The Descent is just a masterpiece. It's just like the scariest movie of the last 25 years. It's just such a great movie. So Neil Marshall, you know, was he was such an incredible um, force in those two films. And so I'm really eager to read that book. And I'm excited. You're having her on, right? She's she's going to be one of your guests soon. Yep. Yeah, we've had her on a couple times. Janine is just a sweetheart. Uh, Hope, if you're not familiar, I mean, you you sounds like you got a pretty big to be read pile. But if you're not familiar with uh, Janine's other work, she put out a short story collection last year that's really excellent. It's called Twisted Tainted Tales. Nice. Um, short read, and it's got that cool, you know, it's like 
17, 18 short stories with this kind of wraparound narrative, which I love. So, you know, sausages, absolutely. Harps on dog soldiers and uh, the other one as well. So that's interesting. So, so she went back and forth from fiction to nonfiction. So this is her first nonfiction book. She's kind of doing it all right now. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure she, it's her first nonfiction book. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not aware of any others. Twisted Tainted Tales is it's it's pretty much like a creep show. It's a bunch of different uh, stories that are really fun, but they get <laughs> this moment that are really intense. And it it was a Splatterpunk uh, nominee last nice. year. So yeah, she's uh she really is doing a lot, and she kind of like teases updates, and she she's talking about like this even somehow a bigger project going on and uh really you know it's it's awesome she's an example of a really good person that helps everyone she can and she's getting what she deserves yeah brennan what are your final thoughts sir i appreciate you uh coming on and spending a little bit of time with us hope and reading from that book and i hope people uh will check it out because it's available now and uh i don't want to drop any spoilers but Oh my gosh, the last few pages. <laughs> I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, talk about intense. Yeah, good good point. Um, my final thoughts are pretty much the same as Brennan. Thank you very much for just talking with us. That was really uh I liked hearing your interpretation. And it's always interesting hearing the author read their own stuff. This is the 12 spotlights episode we had. And it's never what I think it is or how I read it in the book. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. So I appreciate you doing that um, and spending time with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to be on and I, I just, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, pleasure. seriously would like to be updated with your movie. So um, good luck with that Thanks. Uh, next year. Uh, listeners, next episode is 152 with that lovely lady, Janine Pipe, who talk all about sausages and dog soldiers, something of that nature. Uh, as always, you have many choices in podcasting for picking us. Uh,